0: Welcome to Red Carpet Retirement. This podcast is all about helping business owners and those in the entertainment and creative industries secure and protect their financial future. We provide educational stories and specific strategies
1: so you can achieve the red carpet retirement you so richly deserve. Now here's your host, Adam Scott. Hello and welcome to Red Carpet Retirement with your host, Adam Scott. Adam, it's so good to see you again, how are you?
0: Great to see you again, Eric, too. uh, You always bring a smile to my face, your great positive energy.
1: (laughs) I I try, and it's easy when we get together. And today it's going to be even easier because you're bringing a very positive podcast. All sorts of benefits you're going to be talking about today.
0: That's right. Really important benefits to people. You know, this, this is like an Easter present or something. You know, people may not realize how important this uh, is. I would really, I wanted to call it the 10 sexiest ways to benefit from the secure act (laughs) (laughs) 2.0.
1: Because, yeah, that's a great title. I love it.
0: (laughs) Because uh, you you just hear those words secure act 2.0 and many people's eyes will glaze over. So what can we do to wake them up and realize there's really great presents and gifts for you here that you got to take advantage of? The top 10
1: sexiest things from the secure act 2.0 that's all i've got is that okay Does that
0: work? <laughs> that's really that's that's great <laughs> yeah we'll,
1: we'll, we'll stick with that for the moment but you really are right i mean you sent me some notes ahead of time and, and you and i've talked about this a little bit before even off air there is a ton in the secure act 2.0 i think it was like 1600 pages so i can't blame anybody for their eyes glazing over nobody's gonna read that i don't even think most of congress read it to be honest with you but you've gone through and gleaned a ton of great things that you're going to share with us today.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So 2.0 contains, I understand 92 provisions to promote savings, boost incentives for businesses to put in retirement plans and create flexibility in saving for retirement, right? So there's a lot here, but we can glean it down to 10 important things and are going to be game-changing all 10 to some people for others it's just going to be two or three that you really need to understand and the reason why you need to understand it audience is if you don't understand it and take advantage of it nobody's going to do it for you
1: yeah yeah i mean again i'm just gleaning from you this is a part of an overall plan. So when you know these different things and how these different things work with everything else you're doing throughout your entire plan, it really does kind of highlight and accentuate other things. So yeah, I'm excited to get started. Where do we begin?
0: Right. Okay. So one thing I do want to point out is that there's going to be a moving rollout of these benefits, which is slightly unusual. So some things are going to are already in place in 2023. Some things are rolling out in 2024 and some things in 2025. And there's one thing, I think it doesn't kick until 2035, but we're going to get to that. That thing, by the way, affects you and me, Eric, so we can talk about that in a second. All right. So just as an intro, the biggest benefits are going to fall into about five different groups, I think. I'm trying to break it down into 10 important... Uh, of benefits, but they're going to fall into five, I think it's five groups, maybe six groups. So first one is retiree benefits and strategies. And and we're going to talk about that. Okay. Things for retirees to do now. Then we're going to talk about pre retirement those who are still saving for retirement, those who are still working and benefits and strategies that they can take advantage of. Then we're going to talk about what business owners can do to take advantage of things. And then we're going to talk about employee benefits that any employee, not just kind of pre-retirement employees, but kind of any employee can take advantage of. And then we're going to talk about a couple of other features, including some of the benefits around 529 plans. If we get time, we're going to get onto that.
1: Okay. Well, here's the thing. The best part is for the listener, if we have time, he's going to talk about 529s. If we don't have time in the podcast, because we do have a limited amount of time here, you can always call him. You can always email them and find out more uh, if we don't quite get to that. So uh, we'll get contact information at the end of the show as well.
0: Right. And I just want to say one thing, Eric, you know, in terms of navigating this, I said that nobody's going to do this stuff for you. Mm -hmm. I really like my clients to be educated about things. I like everybody to be educated. That's why we're doing this. If you have a financial advisor, yes, they can help you with this. So if you have a CPA, if you have an HR person, but so often those people don't necessarily help you or, or they, you know, that you need to know the right questions, right. To, mm-hmm. to ask for the help. So pay attention, reach out to your financial advisor or your CPA or reach out to us if you've got questions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the best part about this podcast is you can pause it, pause it, take some notes, write things down. When you hear something that you think, oh man, I really need to talk to my advisor about, just write it down.
0: Right. Absolutely. So starting off retirees, so this is a lot of our clients, obviously, are retirees, so this affects them. The required minimum distribution age is being raised. It was 70 and a half, as many people who are retired know. It is going to increase, I think, at 73 this year, and it's going to increase to age 75 in 2033. Now, all right. let me just... Clarify what a required minimum distribution is. Anybody who's retired knows what it is, but it's amazing how people who aren't retired don't know what an RMD is. An RMD is, as I say, stands for required minimum distribution. At a certain point, when you reach a certain age, you have to start taking money out of your IRAs, out of your 401ks, out of your retirement plans. The government wants its tax, it wants Mm -hmm. its money. You put that money in, for tax, they want to force you to take it out and they want to force you to pay tax on it. So as I say, a couple of years ago, the age was 70 and a half. It had been 70 and a half, as far as I know, for decades. It got moved up to age 73 because we're living longer. And now because people like you and me, Eric, are going to be living even longer Mm -hmm. for us By the time we get to uh, 2033, I believe neither you nor I will be 75. Uh, In 2033, we'll turn 75 a little bit after that. So for us, we will not have to take out our RMD until we're age 75.
1: Good deal. I like that.
0: Yeah. And one other thing about RMD ages, if you have a, a much younger wife, Eric, or if I have a much younger wife. And if they were to die before us, let's say you married a trophy wife who's 20 years younger than you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Didn't happen, everybody. Just going to let you know right, right now. Six not, months no, younger, yes. 20 right. years, no.
0: Yeah, no. Same with me. I've been with the same lovely woman for whatever, 35 years. Yep. And we're in similar in age. But if my wife, well, even if my wife's two years younger, if sadly she was to predecease me, I would not have to start taking money out of the IRA that I inherit from her until she re- would would have reached age 75, right? Which, okay. as I say, especially if they're 20 years younger, right? You can put off that RMD till you're age 95 or something when, when yeah. your deceased spouse would have been age 75.
1: Okay. What's so, next?
0: Okay. I want to actually, this is somewhat related, but I'm going to call this number two, okay? So first of, uh, is Roth conversion strategies, the above, mm. being able to put off your RMD age Allows you now much more room uh, for what we call Roth conversion strategies. Again, something you've got to talk to your advisor about. But you know, for yourself, you and me, Eric, we can be doing lots of Roth conversions between our age. I mean, I'm 62 right now, and that means I've got 13 years in which I can start converting some of my IRAs Mm -hmm. to Roths. Now, I'm not going to go deeply into why Roth conversions are good, and they're not always good, right? But it's something you've got to work with, with your financial advisor. But we've got now got a longer runway for doing those Roth conversions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you've spoken about that on previous podcasts as well, and the importance of planning as an individual, because each person's situation is different. Uh, But when you were telling me about it, it sounds fantastic. So it's a really good option, I think.
0: Right. And people have to be careful because to be honest for you and me Eric if we end up with these huge retirement accounts at age 75 because we haven't taken money out sooner, our RMDs are going to be really high when they kick in. Yeah. So that is the benefit of doing those Roth conversion strategies leading up to that age.
1: Yep, absolutely. All right, number 3.
0: Number 3, there's a thing called a QCD, a qualified charitable distribution that's really useful for retirees again. And that enables them to use their RMDs, their required minimum distributions, and give them directly to charity and not to get taxed. And it's much better than giving money, you know, directly to the charity out of other funds, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to get into why it's much more tax advantage, just trust me. It's much better to use your RMD to give to charity than just taking it out of your own pocket otherwise. Now, these QCDs, have, you're allowed to start them at 70 and a half. Strangely enough, the government did not increase that QCD age. So it used to be in alignment with when RMD started at 70 and a half, but for some, yeah, some, for some reason they have not increased the allowed QCD age. So you are allowed to use, I think it's a hundred thousand dollars of your IRA and give it to charity between the age of 70 and a half. And for you and myself, Eric, it'll be age 75, right? So once Mm -hmm. we get to 70 and a half, we'll be able to give away a hundred thousand dollars of our IRAs directly to charity.
1: Okay. So this uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, this sounds fantastic because I go to church, right? And I have a church mm-hmm. and a lot of people out there do. Plus we have other charities we like to support throughout the year. So if I was smart in my planning at 70 and a half, I could say, I'm going to use a QCD to give one lump sum instead of tithing or giving offering every month or every couple weeks I go to church. Then I could just do it in one lump and it would be tax advantaged and it would take money out of that account. So my RMDs later would be less. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, you don't have to just do it in one lump sum at 70 and a half, right? You could do it every year. Let's say your church is asking you for, I don't know, $3,000 a year or $10,000 a year. You would just write that check. You've got to do it in the proper way, but you you would write that check from your IRA or your Mm -hmm. 401k instead of writing it, you know, from your bank account.
1: Yeah. That's what I meant was like annually do it that way uh, for those extra four years or four and a half years, right?
0: Right, right, yeah, a- absolutely, and uh, yeah, because a lot of people don't realize. I mean, I don't even get deductions right now for my child. Exactly. and I give a lot, but I don't give an. You know, I give, I get I don't know, five, seven thousand dollars a year. At least I think it's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but it's not enough to go over the um, uh, over the standard deduction, marital deduction that I get anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. Right. So number four.
0: You can continue contributing to IRAs past 70 and a half if you work or your spouse works. So previously, retirees, if they continued to work, could no longer to contribute to their IRAs, but now they can. Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, that
1: right. added benefit.
0: Right, right. Number five, Roth, this is a, what I regard as a minor thing, but Roth 401k is, strangely enough, used to have an RMD. And it's kind of crazy because you could just convert a Roth 401k into a Roth IRA. And Roth IRAs do not have RMDs because you've already been taxed on it. Yeah. Well, now they've recognized that with Roth 401ks. You know, you don't have to convert it to a Roth IRA to avoid RMDs. They've now changed the rules so that Roth 401ks do not require an RMD.
1: Oh, I didn't even know they had them. So yeah, <laughs> something new again today. All right. Yeah.
0: All right. What's um, number six? Okay, so we're almost done with retirees. I know we're getting into it. this is all kind of getting into the weeds, but I just want to say one one final thing for retirees is they increase the limit, of what are called qualified longevity annuity contracts, and you're able to, and they've increased that limit to two hundred thousand dollars, and you can take two hundred thousand dollars of your IRA or your your four hundred one k, and once you get to RMD age, and you can turn it into a qualified longevity annuity contract and delay your RMD on that money until age 85 right so that will reduce hmm. your RMDs in the meantime
1: interesting i've never heard of that
0: right, All right. okay now we're going to get we're getting on to uh of more exciting stuff because i really want to get on to the thing that's going to ha- affect a lot of people which is catch up contributions but we're getting on to pre-retirement, right? So a lot of my clients are, are pre-retirees, right? In the mm-hmm. 10 years before they retire, you know, sort of 55 to 65 or 60 to 70. Roth contributions rules have been expanded. So it used to be that if you're contributing to a 401k, your employer can only make pre-tax contributions, right? That you as an individual could make a Roth 401k contribution, but not your employer. That has now changed. Your employer can make Roth contributions. They can pay the tax on them. And they. so it's going to be an after-tax contribution. But again, this is to get into the weeds on another podcast about why Roth, you know, when they can be better and when they're not better. But if you prefer Roth contributions, your employer can now make Roth contributions on your behalf. If, for instance, they're doing a match, you can choose for it to be pre-tax or post-tax.
1: That's awesome.
0: All right. Yeah. And regarding Roth contributions, this is all part of number seven, uh, the, 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 the Roth contributions expanded, that we used to uh, or I do often advise clients to have um solo 401k's. They put in place if they're a small business, if they're a mm-hmm. sole person business, I get them to put in a solo 401k. One of the benefits of a solo 401k is that you can make Roth contributions. And that's one of the things that makes it better than a SEP or a SIMPLE, which often clients before they come to me, they would have a SEP or a SIMPLE. But now the rules have changed and SEPs and SIMPLEs can also have Roth contributions. So Nice. that has expanded all right okay number so eight. Fan, yeah number eight and maybe i should have started off with this one because to me this is <laughs> is one of the biggest ones especially when it comes to pre-retirement and that's catch-up contributions so as you get older you can put more money
1: into a 401k mm-hmm. right are you familiar with um catch-up contributions eric i am because i'm i'm approaching that age i'm not quite 50 yet but i'm really close so i've I've heard it's 50. did that change that has not changed so yeah the the
0: great thing is that when you get to 50 you will be able to you know currently for 2023 you'll be able to put in an extra seven and a half thousand dollars into if you've got a 401k plan or if you know whether you've got your own 401k plan or if you've got your if you're working for uh, somebody else, and you're contributing to your employer's 401k plan, you can put in an extra seven and a half thousand dollars. And currently, the base is 22,500. Anybody who's working can put in 22,500. If, they, if you're over 50, you put in an extra 7,500. So that right now is $30,000. And that's not changing. But the thing that is changing is now when you get to my age, Eric, when you get to age 60, between 60 and 63, they're going to increase the catch up contribution and you're going oh. to be able to, yeah. So you'll be able to put in the greater of an extra catch up of $10,000 or 150% of the standard catch up. Now, that's not going to kick in till 2025. So, bottom line is, you know, your catch up is going to go up. Right now, it's going to go up from, say, $7,500 to, say, $10,000 when you're age 60, right? You're going to have okay. the opportunity to put even more money
1: away. Nice.
0: That's good. Yeah. And a minor thing, there's a catch-up on the on the IRA. You can also make a catch-up when you're older. You know, we do this with all our clients. We put in an extra catch-up contribution of $1,000 from the, the IRA. And that has not gone up a lot, but it's now going to be indexed with inflation. So every year, if we have inflation like we currently have, mm. that catch-up is going to increase. Okay, good. So yeah. now, we're getting to employers, the benefit for employers, and this is really important for our small businesses, that employers are going to get great tax credits for putting a retirement plan in place. They're going to get a $5,000 tax credit. It's pretty much going to cover the costs of putting a plan in place. Oh, good. I hadn't heard of that one. That's great. Right. And you're going to get an extra $500 for enrolling new employees for each new employee. So it's going to make it pretty much free to put in place. The government is that keen for small employers to put these things in place.
1: Okay. All right. Good news for business owners.
0: Yeah. And uh, I just mentioned one other thing about putting these plans in place is that there's going to be something called auto enrollment that employers are going to have to employers of, I think it's, uh, who've got more than 10 people and that they're more than three years old are going to have to. Put these plans in place and they're gonna to have to auto-enroll the employees. This means that everybody is gonna be and at least every new plan, every new employee is only gonna affect new plans and new employees. You're gonna be automatically enrolled in a 401k. And the minimum amount that the employer is gonna take out of your paycheck, because it's gonna come out of your paycheck, and the minimum amount is gonna be three, is gonna be three percent. And the employer can elect how much they're going to take out of your paycheck to start with between three and 10%. And then it's going to increase 1% every year, the amount they take out. Now, how would you feel if this stuff is automatically taken out of your paycheck, Eric, without you being
1: asked? Yeah, I I don't know if I like that. I mean, there's, there's, because there's, I don't know, I I think maybe I'm just hearing your voice in my head everybody's got their own unique situation and maybe they have a different type of plan they've already got things in place or and they don't need it or want it i don't know that just automatic things like that kind of bug me right so
0: employees can opt out of this but okay yeah so right now they have to opt in to deferring some of their paycheck, right? If there's mm-hmm. a 401k plan, they can, they they're going to be told it's in place, but a lot of people do not elect to contribute to it. Yeah. So now the default is that automatically the government is going to effectively make them contribute, but they have the choice to opt out. And the reason for this, of course, is cuz America has a retirement crisis. Many people are heading yeah. towards retirement without any funds. And so the government is trying to create the path of least resistance, right? That yeah. uh, they're going to put it in place.
1: But if they opt out, they can always opt back in, right?
0: Yeah, they can always, they can always um, opt back in.
1: Yeah, because here's what I'm thinking, Adam, and this is just where my brain goes, is that I remember when I got my first job that actually had a 401k involved in it, I was around 23. I think you and I've talked about that before. At that time, I wasn't very smart with money. And there's, I'm sure there's other 23, 25 year olds that have not been smart with money. Maybe they have some credit card debt. Right. And maybe that extra money that there is being diverted to a 401k could actually be used to pay down that debt, which, you know, you're talking maybe 19 to 21% interest rates on some of these cards. Maybe they could use that money to get out of debt first and then worry about the 401k. I mean, that's just where my brain goes.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, well, we're going to talk about some debt in a second. So, Finally, employees, and this is, going be, is is like benefit number 10 of the Secure Act, right. Secure Act that apropos of what you're talking about, actually, um, Eric, that emergency withdrawal and, role and loan rules have been eased. So it's easier to get money out of your 401k. Okay. And in fact, since you touched on it, and I don't really have the details down here, but- there's actually the possibility of creating an emergency fund within the 401k that would be there specifically for addressing some of the kind of issues that that you've touched on
1: oh okay well yeah maybe there's other other benefits that I haven't heard yet so that's good yeah. so I'm going to
0: move on to uh, uh on to 529s and student loans and some of the benefits again in the secure act that that touches on those. And first of all, I'll address the student loans because it just kind of pertains to what you're just talking about. Mm -hmm. Of course, a lot of our young people have these very onerous student loans. And again, they're busy trying to pay those loans down. and, And that's a priority to them rather than contributing to a 401k. So what the government has done is they've come up with a benefit where employers, instead of helping to contribute a match to their employees 401k, they're going to give the employers the option of helping the student or the ex-student, the the young employee pay off their student loan. So there's going to be a match. I think it's it's up to, uh, let's say, around $5,000, that if you contribute $5,000 to pay down your student loan, the employer can have a program where if they have a match in place, instead of matching your 401k contribution, they pay off to your student loan
1: wow okay that's good that's great
0: yeah with pre-tax funds by the way so your loan will be getting paid down with your employer's match that is pre-tax and uh yeah paying off your loan but of course Mm -hmm. it's it's a match so you've got to be paying off your loan as well
1: yeah that's great that's that's fantastic
0: yeah and 529 plans which are savings plans for education that they can also now finally be used for uh paying off student loans. If you still got a 529 in place and you finish college and you haven't used it up, you can use it to pay off your student loan. And one other thing, if you actually don't have any student debt, or even if you do, but some wealthier families, you know, they end up with money in the 529 and they might use it for estate planning purposes, which is a whole other thing. But now they can also take $35,000 of that and they can turn it into a Roth IRA for their child.
1: Mm. I'd heard something about that. So you can take 35,000 total from a 529. Let's say they got, you know, the kid got scholarships and so they didn't use all the money. That's kind of the scenario I'm looking at and they can convert it to a Roth. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, actually, and now that I'm talking about it, you know, I suddenly thought
0: about some clients that that could really help because you don't want to end up with money stuck in a 529 when your kids have finished college. I mean, yeah it can be used for the grandkids or whatever but you don't want to just take the money out of the 529 and not use it for college you get penalized but yeah. now suddenly if you've got a residual you know 30,000 sitting in there you can convert it to a Roth IRA to, for the child now you can't do it in one $35,000 lump sum you can only do the annual gifting amount which right now is $15,000 a year i believe it may be okay. more actually but anyway you can convert $15,000 each year into that Roth 401k for your child.
1: Yeah, and, and avoiding that penalty is, I think, the main point, right? Right, right, yeah.
0: absolutely, exactly.
1: Okay, well, fantastic. This has been a great podcast. Is there anything else you want to cover?
0: <laughs> no, uh, so we'll just go over, you know, we talked about uh, uh, that, so we'll just, you know, in summary, we talked about the retiree retiree benefits and strategies and RMD strategies and Roth conversion strategies hmm. that you got to do around these new rules. We talked about the pre-retirement benefits and strategies that now, especially say for those who are like age 60 to 63, that they can contribute more to their 401ks. We talked about how uh, you can now make all of your employer's contributions to your 401k or your 403b. You can make it as a Roth contribution, right? It's a lot easier to make Roth contributions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we talked about uh, the benefits to employers of the plan and how they can get these great tax credits for putting a plan in place. We talked about the employee benefits where they can take loans, emergency withdrawals and loans, so it can be a lot easier. Mm -hmm. And some other kind of tweaks around the edges like the emergency saving plan. We talked about auto-enrollment, the auto-enrollment feature. And then finally, we talked about 529 benefits and how those can benefit the younger generation.
1: Yeah, you got the five twenty nine stuff in there. That's great. Um, so now let's give that contact information we were talking about earlier. If folks want to talk about this or anything else, or just their overall plan for retirement. How do they get a hold of you, Adam?
0: Right. Please reach out to your financial advisor because there's some great planning strategies in the, in here to do with pre-retires and retirees using these tools. And if you don't have a financial advisor and you want to get more advice about this, then reach out to us at www.wellacrewealth.com, wellacrewealth.com, or call us on 310-231-5262.
1: Adam, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. And it is good to see your smiling face as well. (laughs) Thank you very much, Eric. Great to be here with you. You bet, always a pleasure. And our last thank you goes to the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Red Carpet Retirement Podcast with Adam Scott. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way when Adam comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, write it and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Welllaker Well, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not
0: necessarily represent the views or opinions of Wellacre Wealth Management, LLC. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content should not be considered as legal or tax advice, nor is it intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor and consult with your own legal and tax
1: professionals before taking any action.